All right, welcome back. You are listening to the Kingdom Ethics Podcast. I'm Jeremy Hall. The Kingdom Ethics Podcast is a production of Mercy University's Center for Theology and Public Life, hosted at the McAfee School of Theology in Atlanta, where the world's biggest problems meet faith's deepest values. Oh, I got it. Guys, you have no idea how many takes it took to get the slogan right. I've been at the Center for Theology and Public Life for maybe a year, and I studied ethics at Mercer, so I worked with the CTPL, and it took like 12 takes to get the slogan right. Biggest problems, deepest values. All right, so welcome back. This episode is going to be part two of three pulled from a conversation that David Geshe and I had about three weeks ago now, right after the 2018 meeting of the American Academy of Religion out in Colorado. And so the first episode was the first chunk of the about hour-long conversation was just catching up. What have we been up to? Why haven't there been any podcasts in a while? And we talked about the AAR itself. What is the American Academy of Religion and why should you care about it? And uh, what are some of the cool things going on in that organization and in American religious life? So if you're interested in that, go find the last episode. It's called American Academy of Religion 2018. Today, uh, what we're going to be giving you is the second chunk of that conversation which is uh, David and I talking about what is an evangelical. We hear that word a lot. It's got a lot of connotations. There's a lot of confusion around it. More often than you might expect, I will have a conversation over a glass of wine at a friend's house or over a meal or at a coffee shop of, so what is an evangelical? Are you an evangelical? You use that label, does that mean you hate me because I'm different? Does that mean you vote a certain way? Does that mean you want people to live a certain way? And so when we use the word, there's all sorts of baggage with it. And the word appears in David's presidential address that's gotten so much attention from the AAR conference this past year. And his book uh, that came out, his uh, memoir, called Still Christian, is subtitled Following Jesus Out of American Evangelicalism. And so I think it's important that we unpack this word. And so that's what's going to be happening in the next few minutes. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Kingdom Ethics. So here we go. We're jumping right in. And that's that was the fourth session. You get to do your own presidential address. Mm-hmm. You, you threw a gauntlet. You did that the Society of Christian Ethics, too. In both of these events, you said strong words that require action. Yeah, they do require action. You put along yourself by your position in both of those places as the president of the Society of Christian Ethics and the president of the American Academy of Religion. When you say white male scholars need to behave a certain way, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Have to live that. Seen doing it. Yeah. That's why, as a musician, I never write love songs. <laughs> it's too risky. Uh, oh, I'm sure you could you could uh, meet the challenge there, Jeremy. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, my presidential address was a serious engagement with race, the most serious engagement with racism, white Christian racism, white evangelical Christian racism in particular, that I've ever offered. And it was in the most public and diverse and challenging venue imaginable. And in a sense, I was I was demonstrating religion in public, not just talking about it. I was performing it and have to deal with whatever the consequences would be. Yeah, the uh, title of your address is brilliant. In the Ruins of White Evangelicism. For those of us honestly looking around the churchscape, it's a very apt title. I was having a conversation just yesterday with a friend who just returned from Europe as a pilgrim where he was walking the Camino. Mm. And so he spent all this time walking across Spain. You start in France and you walk to the Spanish coast. And he spent all this time sleeping in churches and hostels run by Catholic churches on this ancient pilgrimage. Um, Eating in churches, going to mass, meeting other Catholic pilgrims and pilgrims from around the world, religious or otherwise, along the way. And he was saying that the churches he experienced it in Western Europe is very nearly dead. And he comes back and he experiences the religious scene here in the southern United States. And he says there's all this energy, but he's not sure if it's going anywhere good. Yeah. We see this ideological cannibalism in the church with great fighting over social issues and labels. I'd like to transition into talking about one of those prominent labels. In your title, there's a word of great angst, great power, and great controversy. Talking about the word evangelical. This word has meant so many diverse things to so many different people that it's hard to really pinpoint its meaning now in the zeitgeist. People use it in completely different ways, and it comes up actually a lot in normal conversations for me um, out in public when people realize I'm a pastor and they want to know exactly what that means, and they want to know what kind of church, and they hear Baptist and they start getting nervous. And uh, we end up having a discussion of what it means to be an evangelical because I still currently use that label to define myself. I was actually with you um, in Indianapolis at a conference where you were talking about what the word means. That was the open conference in 2017. Uh, For those of y'all who don't know, open uh, is an acronym. It's an organization. It stands for, and they break one of the cardinal rules of acronyms, and that's using the word in the acronym. Open stands for Open Progressive evangelical network and they try to host brave conversations about how to be better in the evangelical world and you actually gave a talk there on the question of should we just ditch the evangelical title does this word have any function any good use in the world today and i think the answer if i remember correctly that you came up with was yes we should hold on to the term But then months later, your memoir comes out titled Leaving American Evangelicalism. How do you say this word? Uh, (laughs) Evangelicalism. Evangelicalism. It's a big word. 
It's a big, beautiful word. So when I try to define the word, I use sort of an amalgamation of some of the things you said, that speech, some of my own research, and what it has meant to me personally to identify with this tradition. So I'm going to tell you my five things, and you can tell me why they're wrong. Okay. So when I say evangelical, what I mean is, first, personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus exists and is accessible, and you can have a relationship with this God. Mm-hmm. Second, I, I would talk about the community. I think the local faith community is essential for the life of the believer. Uh, so is the Bible. I think the Bible is important and must be taken seriously. I believe that sin is important and must be taken seriously and dealt with. And I believe that piety, whatever that means to the individual, is important. That Christians should be striving to develop a spiritual life. So that's those are the things I'm grouping together in me to call myself an evangelical. That touches on some of the classic definitions of um, of evangelicalism when people attempt to define it some combination of theologically and experientially. Um, most of those definitions say something like a personal relationship with Jesus as opposed to kind of a cultural or traditional, um, you so know. In opposition to Christendom. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, Usually there's some reference to a very high regard for Scripture, um, not just doctrinally, but actual in the functioning of a person's life. You know, evangelicals have tended to be Bible readers, Bible lovers, um, carrying around their well-worn, marked-up Bibles. That feels like an evangelical, Mm -hmm. right? Um, My Bible handle... (laughs) My Bible has a handle on it. (laughs) No, that's serious. That's that's serious subculture right there. Um... You know, and so uh, a deep personal, the idea of a deep personal relationship with Jesus, that piety. Um, Now, the problem with your particular definition, I think, is in some ways it it could apply to a lot of Christians beyond who I'm thinking of, Mm -hmm. which is um, theologically conservative Protestant Christians. Right. Okay. So when most people use the term evangelical, what they basically mean are theologically conservative American Christians who are Protestant and rather mean <laughs> and who really care about social issues. And and I also think it's very helpful to think of the word in historical perspective. Um and it doesn't mean necessarily the same thing in different um cultural contexts. Um and of course, then you have the cross fertilization of the term in different different translations in different places. You know, so evangelisch in in Germany means Lutheran slash Protestant in opposition to Catholicism. Um, evangelical in the U.S. Uh, is a der- is is a, a derivation from fundamentalism. When Protestantism split between the modernists and the fundamentalists in the 19-teens and 20s, uh, the modernists chose kind of the uh, an, uh, um, outward-looking embrace of modern science and scientific method, even in relation to the Bible and faith. These became our mainliners. Right, they became mainline Protestants. 
And the fundamentalists said no to all of that and and hunkered down with the, what they believed to be the fundamentals of the faith and an oppositionalism to mo- to modernity. And then in the 1940s, a group coming from the fundamentalist side said fundamentalism has some ugly characteristics that we don't like, and it also needs a rebranding. And so they chose to retrieve the word evangelical <coughs> to say we want to be like that. And still theologically conservative, but more um, winsome, less angry, less hunkered down, and more um, uh, willing to engage modern science, modern methodology, modern conversations. And so that's the historical stream that I entered when I um, kind of came to know about evangelicalism in the uh, early 1990s. Another interesting thing is if you define, you can also define evangelicalism in terms of kind of a a religious subculture. Some people just know that they're evangelicals because that's what their churches are called, Mm -hmm. or that's what the books that they read have in their title, or that's what their pastors say when they use their, when they talk about who we are. Um, And it's popular in like the non-denominational church world and, um, but other denominations are classified as evangelical by some researchers or, or even by their leaders because of their theological conservatism. And a great example of that is the Southern Baptists, who mm-hmm. Southern Baptists, you might say, didn't know they were evangelical. Um, they just knew they were Southern Baptists uh, until this became an issue like in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, when Southern Baptists were deciding what direction to go theologically the more conservative side generally picked the evangelical label and kind of glommed onto that world. Mm-hmm. Which, That's the uh, fundamentalist takeover. Right, which was more, the world was more northern and more western and more midwestern. Southern Baptists were their own thing. We didn't need the word evangelical. We were the biggest Protestant denomination with our, pub, our own publishing houses and our own... Mm-hmm. Our own political party. Political, we were our own thing. I mean, we were the state church of the South. Um, so there was a debate in the 90s over whether that word applied. Um, and or should apply, and in general, the the more progressive ex Southern Baptists rejected the word, and the and the the winning side in the Southern Baptist fight embraced the word. So the word itself has, in a sense, has been a political football from the beginning. But now um, the most recent uh, nuance uh, is kind of the embrace of the word, especially by politically conservative white activists. Mm-hmm of the Christian right. And that, um, it's like with each presidential election, that word seems to mean that more and more. It's a voting block. It's a voting block, yeah. He has the white evangelical voting block. Right. She will lose the South because she does not have the evangelical vote, which is always tied to specific social issues. Right, right. And so the analysis I offered in my presidential address is that... American white evangelicalism has been heading in this direction for a while. And in fact, one can argue from the evidence that the theological, supposed theological distinctives of white evangelicalism have never been as important as the cultural markers. Um, White cultural identity dressed up with some theological vocabulary. And then add white aggrieved cultural identity since the 60s. It's reactionary whiteness 
related to the civil rights movement, related to the women's movement. Um, so in that sense, it's also reactionary white maleness in a lot of ways um, to every social change that has dethroned the, uh, the hegemony, hegemony of the white male. So, um, and so the address is kind of, uh, kind of picks up that conversation about what has happened to white evangelicalism in America and then explores um, African-American literature to see what African-American literature has been saying for a long time about what it's like to engage with white Christian people. And, and the picture is pretty devastating, actually. All right. So that's where we're going to pick up next time as we transition into a discussion of the actual speech. So make sure to keep your eyes open for the next post, which should come in about two weeks. We try to post every other Monday for the thrilling conclusion of this three-part conversation. Thank you for listening. As always, this is Kingdom Ethics. The Center for Theology and Public Life, where the world's deepest values where the world's biggest problems meet faith's va- where the world's biggest problems meet faith's deepest answers no the center for theology and public life where the world's biggest questions where the world's biggest que- where the world's hardest problems meet faith's deepest virtue Kingdom Ethics is a production of the Center for Theology and Public Life at Mercer University, where the world's hardest problems meet faith's deepest values. Got it! Ha! That should not have been that difficult.